around I finally see I think I need a change The rat race I wanna flee My world I'll rearrange I'm getting back to the roots Of how it's meant to be Growing gardens, picking fruit Racing livestock, living free Good morning, folks, and thank you for joining me. This is your host, Rachel Jamison, for the Modern Homesteading Podcast. Today, Joe and Faye Baker from Northern Michigan are joining us to talk about van life, nomadic living, homesteading, and living in a yurt. Welcome. Hey, Rachel. Hi. Thanks for having us on. How are you guys surviving a Northern Michigan winter? So it's been kind of funny. So we put up our yurt last December and uh, moved into it. Like we put it up and moved into it. I think like December two days later, maybe like just enough time to cut the windows and get a wood stove in there. And I remember moving in and we had like just our bed and like a table we found on marketplace. And we were like, we're doing this now. And it was every single day we like made it through the day. But if we had not tried, <laughs> we would not have. And uh, it kind of, it definitely felt like we were living on the edge. Um, and that was like kind of our experience last year. It was like a long, cold winter. We ran out of wood a few times. We did Ooh. not, it wasn't, we kind of just jumped into it and we were like, let's just like everything in our life, let's just jump into it and then we'll learn as we go. See how it goes. But then you were also pregnant at the time. Mm -hmm. So dealing with a lot of morning sickness. And so it last winter was like by the skin of our teeth, we made it through the winter and it was like, okay, we did that. And then uh, we worked on the yurt and like the whole homestead a ton last summer. And we got a new wood stove and got everything really dialed in with our wood production and we dried wood all summer yeah, last winter yeah. we had completely wet wood yeah oh <laughs> no work very well yeah so yeah. it was a long cold winter but this winter so far has been we've been wonderful absolutely loving it yeah it's wow. been great so take me back to the beginning and um for the folks listening on the podcast i have actually known joe and Faye. i'm not even sure how long um I have kids the same age as you guys. And <laughs> so I've known you guys. We actually, you guys were also both homeschooled and I homeschooled my children. And so that's kind of how we met was, was through that and farming and, and dance and all that kind of stuff. So take me back to the beginning. You guys obviously somehow met and got married. What made you guys decide to, you know, how did all this start? Yeah. So we both grew up kind of in a homesteading I guess more be mine was more farmstead yeah, more, how would yeah. you describe yours um, your upbringing I'd say yeah like beginning beginning homesteading because we would do we did chickens and we had a dog sledding business and we had we had a lot of animals but yeah it wasn't like farm production like you were great stuff, mm -hmm. but but both kind of grew up in that mm -hmm. space we so we met through my family has done and has done for a long time uh custom chicken processing. And I believe that's how our families met. Yes. 
And we actually don't remember, or I guess maybe you do, but don't. I don't remember the first time I met you. We were like nine. Yeah, so. we were like seven and, <laughs> seven and nine or we whatever were babies. we were. And yeah. Uh, then, yeah, we, our families kind of got to know each other, but we were, mm-hmm. I was still like older, I guess. And so we kind of met in homeschool group. So when I started coming over and doing right. homeschool group and mm-hmm. then, yeah, we started dating and then we got married at 18. Yeah. So. <laughs> same same right yeah. I met my husband when I was 15 and got married when I was 18 so yeah, yeah. it's a ride yeah. yeah yeah so we did that and then um I was gonna go to tech school t- for welding and so oh, we okay. picked up and we moved to Cleveland in 2015 and I had a year worth of school and we just kind of we got an apartment and boy I tell you culture shock going yes. from like farm like to... we had I, I i bet trying to think maybe like the major cities that i'd been in and i don't know if i'd ever really been to a major city yeah like maybe like once or twice i guess for very brief amounts of time but when we went from you know living in the backwoods of michigan to like in the heart of cleveland living in our apartment <laughs> nice. in the the concrete jungle yeah. <laughs> the culture shock poor, was real poor joe yeah for well and i had been i'd grown up going you know abroad and i had been in chicago several times so i was just like oh this is just like a new dirty city and then i look over and joe's hyperventilating <laughs> like, like where, where are, are we? we yeah yeah um, <laughs> but it was good we made it through made it through school and uh we actually ended up buying a house i started at a company and kind of started working my way up the ladder there. And um, yeah, so had our house and we were like kind of living the American dream, I guess, where we had right. our house yeah. and we the had American our jobs dream. and our night. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Quote unquote. I, quote I, unquote, I forget the people dream. in the podcast can't see that, but the, the American dream, because we kind of yeah. did this too. We abandoned our dream and now we kind of regret it. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So you know the that feeling. Um, and we were, I, I don't remember exactly when it happened, but we had like our 30 year mortgage and I was like, I was like almost never home. Yeah. Like, I remember just being like, what, what, what are we doing spending this much money on a place that we're not really at a whole lot? We don't really enjoy being here that much. Right. And we're locked into it for 30 years. Um, so yeah, it kind of oh. kind of gives me chills. And we even had like the house we bought was even kind of out in the country. We were like removed after a few years of living apartment life. We were able to right. buy a house a little bit more we out. Had, and we had chickens, and we had you know, so we were trying. We to, were doing a little yeah. steady type stuff. A rain barrel. Yeah, you know, but still wasn't. Yeah, it's just so wasn't... many people can identify with this conversation right yeah. now. I think. Yeah, I I gotta imagine yeah. so. Um, we just couldn't we couldn't do it. I couldn't do it Mm-mm. for like the next 30 years. And just looking at that, I was like, man, this is not, this is not what we want to do. Yeah. So we kind of started looking at alternatives and looking at like lifestyle design mm-hmm. in, in leveraging lifestyle design to kind of do what we wanted to do. So when we looked at all our expenses and what we were making, we were like, well, we're spending all this money on a place we don't want. What if we just got rid of that? What would that look like? And what could we do? So that's when we started looking at van life and building out a van and I, how long that may have taken about a year from the time we purchased the van. Okay. Yeah. And built it out the entire summer. 
And then uh, that was the summer of 2009. We bought it in the bought the van in the spring of 2019, built it out over the whole summer and fall. And then uh, I think our plan was to move in. We started selling the house in like November and our plan was to move in in December. And we were still going to live in Cleveland, but kind of mm-hmm. just live in a van. So we, we designed the van to be able to work with city life, I guess. I feel like it was so much longer ago than that because i remember (laughs) man time flies doesn't it yeah um and then covid hit right so yeah my job honestly perfect timing when you look back at it yeah it was kind of great it was great timing so our house sold and then covid hit really fast yeah house sold really fast it was like right at the beginning of the housing boom people were all just trying to find a place to get you know they were trying to get a house to settle it in right from COVID. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so that the timing was great. Um, my job moved to remote. So we were working and we moved back up to Michigan. Yeah. And we just kind of were weathering the storm that was COVID for the first couple of months. But then uh, we were like, well, we should just bite the bullet and we don't want to move back to Cleveland really. We kind of gotten free of it and we we're just like, hey, we don't want to do that anymore. And so I quit my job and we hit the road. And we just kind of lived on savings. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think we were on the road for about a year and a half. Yeah. yeah. And some of that's documented in an Instagram channel that we'll share mm-hmm. in the show links. But yeah. yeah that out. Some of it's a little rough. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. 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 So that was, uh, that was the adventure of a lifetime. That was like our, our beginning life crisis, mm-hmm. I guess. Or I guess I always say we, we <laughs> warded off the midlife crisis with that trip. Right. Because I mean, I hope it's okay to share this, but you guys are definitely, I mean, you're the same age as my kids. Um, I think you're probably what, like 26. Yep. Somewhere around there. Yeah. 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 So, so you're just, you're, so this is your, like you said, your beginning life crisis. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, and so what made you decide to move on from van life to settling down in a year or maybe you haven't because i've seen recent yeah. posts <laughs> we're still we're still a little we still have our van uh we right? haven't sold it yeah after that year and a half um we needed a little break. yeah yeah we it's just, it was yeah. like the best thing ever but at some point both of us or at least i was i think more than you mm-hmm. um Faye started her business while we were traveling in the van and was able to work and make money and start working on that right. but i was kind of I really enjoyed traveling um, and it was great for me. And then at some point I was like, I'm ready to kind of go back to work and to buckle down and get back into it. Um, So I would say that was probably the main driving, driving force behind that decision to move back home and start homesteading again. Okay. Yeah. Did you know when you started this, that that was the goal or did that just kind of grow as you traveled and realized, you know, that sounds good. It was, I feel like, <laughs> depends on which one of us you talk to. Oh, okay. I think Faye had the plan all along. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. I feel like. What was, how did you, uh, how did you make that happen? 
us coming and staying like settling down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were in Montana and I could tell Joe was getting a little stir crazy because I had been working. So I had, my days were full. I felt fulfilled and I felt like Joe was just slowly coming, not coming unhinged, maybe just cracking. <laughs> and we were in Montana and we were in this beautiful like flathead lake and we were free oh, diving every day. We went to Glacier and we were just at this perfect spot and we were hidden it's away. It's gorgeous there. And yeah. it was just perfect. And Joe was really unhappy. And I was like, this might be time for me to work in my, it's time to go home for a little bit. Yeah. Cause I, <clears throat> I love being in the van, but I just needed to be stationary for a little bit. And I did mm-hmm. have a, a baby in my head because um, we had been preparing physically and um, health wise for a baby. Right. For a while. And then no, Joe didn't know that. Um, and so I had kind of, I was like, you need a job. Like it's time for, you know, we've vacationed a while, but I felt great because I was being fulfilled, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was time for Joe to right. figure out what his calling was too. And I just, it didn't really work in the van. Like you needed to come home and kind of figure it out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Yeah, there's only so much vacation time you can really do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then at some point you're like, I need, I need a purpose, I guess. Because so much of that trip was kind of like self-development and and kind of indulging in our hobbies. Mm -hmm. We did so many different things and which which was, which was so fun. It was such a great time. Um, But yeah, you, I guess you need something in your life to like, kind of bring you back to ground and to like really work in and put, put time and effort into, yeah. or at least I do. I'm okay. uh, <laughs> no, type, I think I pay and just kind of like, yeah. I need projects to work on. And I guess I, I kind of worked on that project of hiking and enjoying things as much as I could. And then I was like, okay, time for something else. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Cool. So then you come back to uh, Northern Michigan and you decide what, like you want to, by property and what made you decide on um on a yurt instead of I don't know your van on a piece of property or a garage or something. Well, yeah. tiny home has always been our next our next after the van. Like we've always wanted a tiny home after that, but mm-hmm. it was almost December and it was almost December and really cold. So yurt was the first thing we could get to put up fast because we didn't have time or the weather wise for right. Um, yeah, tiny home. So it's also the least here. expensive, yes. I think, um, when we looked at, like, uh, well, we didn't have the time because I, th- right. so we got back in August, the end of August. End and of August. I think we decided that we were, we were still not really sure what we were going to do until I want to say October, October, like kind of the end of October. We were like, okay, we're going to, I don't want to hit the road again. Yeah. There's nothing that's calling me back. And you were like ready to stay here mm-hmm. and had baby plans, unbeknownst to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was the fastest thing we were put up. And also it was kind of the least expensive. Yeah. Um, okay. we, we were looking at like Amish built, uh, tiny homes and stuff. We didn't we really want, we kind of wanted to build it ourselves, but then also it was just, it was a lot more expensive. Well, and timing wise, we knew if we started building one, it would be rushed. Like we got to get in there before it starts snowing a ton. And we would have just yeah. kind of thrown together one rather than spending time and on how we really wanted our next tiny home. So, right. So how yeah. big is the year? It's 20 feet. Okay. Cross. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of funny. A lot of people, when we say that they sound, they're like, Oh wow. That's so tiny. When we moved into it, we were like, this is so huge. This is oh, gigantic. Yeah. The van. <laughs> yeah. So the one thing about traveling in a van is it's super compact and super small, which makes travel really easy. Cause like we can go through a drive through 
we can pretty well fit under every right. any bridges or anything like that. Like there's there's not really constraints that like large RVs kind of have where they're like, oh, we need an right. open space. We need to like turn around, like we're as maneuverable as like my little Corolla car. <laughs> yeah. But it yeah. is small. So like living in it, you're kind of you're like, I want to go to a place and then get out of the van. Cause if there's like a snow day, like I remember we got trapped for a few days in Montana at Flathead Lake the year before yeah. we decided that we were there and decided to go home and we got caught in a snowstorm in November and they got like two feet of snow or three feet of snow. And so we were trapped at a Walmart parking lot for like two or three days. And we were like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> there's only so many times you could just walk in the Walmart and be like, uh, what do we need here? So you kind of do go stir crazy in that small of an area. Um, yeah, I it's can great see to that. go somewhere and then get outside the van. So that's, we, we knew we needed more space and the yurt was perfect for that. Yeah. So we went with a 20 rather than a 30. Cause we were like, well, we've been living in a, what are, you know, so small, yeah. why do we need, you know, which looking back on it, a 30 would probably have been a little nicer, but we're making Wouldn't it. Wouldn't have been the worst. Yeah. Yeah. But it was huge. It's cozy. So, yeah. Yeah. No, so it's, you guys it's, did that. And then, so how, um, so how did you start to, did you start to develop the homestead before or after the yurt? So you put the yurt in, did you already start like, um, fencing and all that stuff before, or we cleared the land and we kind of had a rough idea. So it's phase, um, parents hunting property. So, okay when we got there, we were kind of looking at it and we picked a spot out, but it was still, I mean, it's just hunting property. So there was no land cleared. There was no driveway. There was, it was just blank land. So when we were looking at it, we were picking it from a perspective of homesteading and being like, Oh, okay. We can put fences up here and we can, you know, well, and this and that, and this and that. Um, so we were kind of planning on it, but there was, there was nothing there. So we just cleared our little spot for the yurt got it up and then it was winter and we were kind of locked in. Um, so we've done, yeah, we've done most of the homesteading this spring or I guess last spring. Okay. We really started putting up fences and started developing the land. So do you guys have, um, like how does your plumbing situation work and, um, <laughs> like do you have animals? I think our, our most asked question is yeah. the plumbing. It's like, like right? Yeah. Is it like, is it warm in the winter? Yeah. And how yeah. Do you do that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. right. So yeah. we just do a, a composting toilet and we also have an outhouse. Okay. So between those two, um, Works yeah, great. everything yeah. is composted. So we do like bucket cedar chips. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. How does your composting toilet work? Cause there's it's like, there's so many different, we've actually looked into one and there's so many different kinds and ways like some of them incinerate some of them compost how does yours work there is so many and they're um, so expensive yeah some they of them are, are like, they are like crazy $159 mm, how about a home depot bucket <laughs> and a lid <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. you start to really think man that bucket and lid aren't looking so bad yeah. yeah so we built a um i don't even know what you'd call it i a guess like I, I guess like a bench it's kind of a bench um okay and then it just, yeah, it's just a bucket. And then the one side of the bench lifts up and we have our bucket of chips there, but it's probably the most low tech you could possibly get, um, okay. but it works okay. great. So we just fill the bucket and then empty the bucket once a week or so. And that just goes okay. in the compost pile. All right, cool. And are you, um, and then you have the outhouse also, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's an addition. Yeah. So you have kind of two plate. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
yep. and then Walk how do you the do middle of the um, night and... yeah <laughs> yeah that does you know going to the bathroom in the middle of the night and the winter outside yes it's yeah nice that's refreshing yes <laughs> wakes, it wakes you right up <laughs> we, we do have some friends that are also uh living off grid and that's their one one complaint is they when they moved into it it was already kind of established and they had an outhouse but nowhere to go inside and during the winter um yeah it was a little yeah, they were like <laughs> this is not great yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah Getting when i went to your parents storm. last class we use outhouses when we were there and it was yeah. frigid that day and Using the outhouse is definitely refreshing. Yeah, yeah you get that draft. You're like, whoa. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Plastic cold seat. Yes. <laughs> um, so what do you guys, how do you guys handle then like drinking water, bathing, um, dishes, you know, all that? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so many things. And we were actually just talking about this the other day, um, kind of prepared us for the, for like off-grid living because even if you do it, or I guess maybe, maybe if you are really throwing a lot of money at it, you can get it to the point where you're living, like you would just normally live in a house. Right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I feel like most people that are doing it are like, okay, with roughing it, but van life really got us ready for living in the yurt and kind of, cause we were doing so many things where you're like, Hey, we're going on this hike, like, or we're doing these amazing things. We don't mind kind of roughing it to be able to go do those. And then when we moved into the yurt, we were like, oh, we have so much more space and all these felt like amazing amenities, like yeah. <laughs> a well, <laughs> well we yeah. uh, just being able to go out and pump water for us was such an awesome thing. Because when you're on the road, you're, you're constantly looking for places to get water and you're like, I don't know where the next water place is going to be. So you're always kind of planning things out. So when we got there, we were like, we have a toilet right here. That's awesome. We have running water right here. We have, yeah. we have all these um these great things um so we have a hand pump well yeah we have a hand pump well to that and so then it's all uh, hand pump nothing it's all hand there. Pump. Okay. yeah no. so that's how we do we get all our water out of the ground and then we have a water filter a, a berkey for okay. our drinking water and then we have which we actually ripped it out of the van we have our water system which is just those i don't know if you've seen them they have them at walmart but they're these big blue 15 gallon water jugs and we have two of those so like once every two weeks yeah i've seen those yeah yeah yeah, i feel like they're fairly common um we pump those full and then those go we have a kitchen cabinet they fit perfectly in there and then we have our gray water tank and a little 12 volt pump so we have like running water although it's not technically from (laughs) the, the ground pump it in right. the tanks, bring it in and then it runs. And then we have to empty our great water tank. That's a pretty cool system. So do you use one of the battery operated pumps that you can get for one of those? Yes. 15 yeah. gallon. Yeah. I've seen those. I actually just about bought one for when we're, for when we're camping, but we're still doing the very old, you know, pump and pour thing. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys have any animals right now? Yes. Yeah. So okay. Um, the first thing we did was chickens that just, right. you know, Gateway eggs, drug, right? it's kind of a no brainer. <laughs> You're like, here's, here's your kitchen straps and eggs in exchange. And then this spring, we also put up our fences and we got two lambs. Um, Katahdin. yeah, Katahdin lambs. And you really like, you really like lamb. Yes. 
I'm kind of okay with, I'm like, eh, it's all right. But these yeah. cottons are supposed to have much less of that lamby lanolin taste. I guess that taste oh, okay. of lamb is mm-hmm. the oil that's the lanolin. You know, lanolin that's making its way to their fur. That's well, good to know. Cause I'm not a huge fan of lamb myself. So maybe I will like that, but mm-hmm. I like the idea of having sheep. So, yeah, yeah, the because they're hair yeah. sheep, so they don't right. have that wool hair or hair. Okay, hair sheep, hair sheep? Oh, is that what they're called? Yeah. Okay. So we so have, do you have a breeding pair. We just got two boys to kind of see it, see how we okay like sheep. Mm-hmm. So I have my family. I had sheep for a while, um, but they were wool sheep. Wool sheep. Yeah, and uh, they were okay. They were fine, but I really wanted to see how the meat tastes and how they kind of worked before we jumped into breeding. Okay. Okay. Um, they have been maybe the single best decision we've made yeah. as far as like, they're so easy. They just do. I'm just going to say, why do you say yeah. that? Cause they're easy. Yeah. They have filled. Oh, how many purposes? Yeah. Maybe, maybe two or three. So we, when we originally got them, we had this nice fenced off area and we're like, all right, perfect. Went in there and they were good to go. And then we started doing, so where we where we live, we have blackberries, like just crazy blackberries, like the size. Yeah. yeah, As big around as like your middle finger. You're like, I didn't realize blackberries grew this big. Yeah. They're so invasive. And you're like, Oh, awesome. Uh Blackberries. But also I can't walk anywhere. And even with uh, double coated Carhartts, trust me. I know. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how that barb made it through there, but yeah, something's sticking me in my, my knee. Um, so they have, we started doing rotational grazing with them just with temporary fence. And we have okay. been able to actually clear out like very large swaths of the undergrowth of our little forest area mm-hmm. with the sheep while also making lamb. Yeah. They just and they're, they're eating that. Mm-hmm. They, so you may have just answered my problem because I was thinking I might have to get goats, which I was not real thrilled about. <laughs> yeah. We were either going to get sheep or goats and everyone's like, don't get goats. And Joe's had goats. Right. Before, We've done goats before. Pain, you know? I think, I think you can do them correctly, but it's very easy to do them incorrectly. Yeah. Sheep my husband good. loves them. He had them for oh, really? 4-H, Aww. but um, they're they kind of hard to fence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're like, oh, cool. but I was thinking we have the same issue as you do. We have all these blackberries like yeah. they're so invasive. If you've never been anywhere where blackberries were invasive wildly, you just can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah. So I'm surprised they're eating that. That's cool. We yeah. Were, even We weren't them. sure if they would, but they seem to do really well. And they've, yeah, like I said, they've cleared out large areas that now we're able to kind of go through and clear. So we're looking at coming up next year, um, probably getting a more sheep Mm -hmm. and diving a little bit deeper into that. Um, but just, we have, now we have space. So they've pushed back. Like we had our little area cleared where the yurt and our kind of little yard was, and they have been able to actually push back the forest in every single direction. That's cool. Now you can actually get in there and be like, oh, I can kind of see how this would work versus before it was just this giant blackberry bramble. Yeah. Where you, yeah and like you little really... teeny scrub trees. And they just love those. Yeah. They just eat them right there. They have, gone, cute. they have gone through them. <laughs> so you're yeah. hand pumping water for them too. Yes. They weirdly okay. do not drink a lot of water, which okay. was that kind of very interesting to me. Especially in yeah. the summer, Through like the summer, we'll they fill up a bowl and water. they barely drink anything. Interesting. So, yeah. Which is kind of nice. So, so how, um, do you have plans to change the water system as you expand your animals or 
How does that work? We're going to see it's where honestly, it's working very well. Right. I, we, we did have plans to put in uh, a legit well frost free mm-hmm. and kind of like do the whole well house thing. But so far we're, it's working better than I thought it was going to. And okay. we have been able to keep our well open throughout the whole winter. So we're still pumping okay. water with our little Amazon. <laughs> yeah. <pump> well, um, <laughs> how deep did you end up having to go with your well? Cause you guys hand drove that. I saw the video of it. Yeah. We went down 20, 20, two 10 foot sticks and then the, uh, the sand point. So maybe like okay. 23 feet, something okay. like that. Yeah. And I think okay. we hit water at like 19. So cool. water and that's staying cool. open. That's cool. That's yeah. really cool. Yes. Yeah. She's staying open, which is really nice. We, we were looking at that and thinking that that was going to be a huge problem if we weren't able to pump water. Right. Although it's been a pretty place. mild winter this year. It's yeah. true. Here. true. Yeah. yeah. And not a lot of snow. Yeah. We've I mean we had that one bout where we got a bunch of snow at once and then it kind of all melted and we haven't it's gotten it's been the weirdest thing. We've gotten yeah. two feet of snow in like 24 hours twice. Yep. And it just goes away the next week. Yeah. Where we're like, oh man, we're living in the Arctic up here and it's super fun and super playing super in the pretty. snow. And yeah, yeah it's super Beautiful. pretty. And then all of a sudden it's just gone. So how does that work then? Like, so your roof handles all of that fine? The the all when you get like two feet of snow at once, it, it does just fine. It does. So that was one thing that we were kind of concerned about um, that turned out to be like really a non-issue. That's cool. Even though the yurt is insulated, it is not insulated like your house. <laughs> right. Right. So it's a glorified it, tent. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really living in a tent. So uh, we do lose a fair amount of heat through the roof. Okay. So it kind of clears itself. It takes like a couple of days, maybe like five days. Um, but it'll just kind of melt off and it just sheds the water or sheds the snow, I guess. It's pretty icy. Yeah. yeah it, the whole year will be surrounded in really huge icicles, which is actually really pretty. It is kind of oh, funny. Yeah. It'll drain off the top where the heat's coming out. And then as soon as it hits the walls, mm-hmm. it just kind of freezes. So we'll end up with these big, like, yeah, ice pylons running all the way down to the ground, six yes. inch across icicles. Yeah. Wow. So how do you guys, so Back to your, um, so it's insulated. Did you put like straw bales or anything around the base of it to keep in like the floor? Cause I've heard the floors can get kind of chilly. Our floors. Did you do any of that or? We did not. Um, okay. our, a lot of people build the yurts like pretty high off the ground mm-hmm. from, from what I've seen anyway, they'll build yeah. them big enough yeah. that they can like stack wood under or, you know, kind of get under there. And we built ours a little bit lower. I think where we built it on two cinder blocks. So we might be like maybe a foot off the ground, probably yeah, a foot yeah. off the ground because we dug them in a little bit mm-hmm. um, specifically okay. with the purpose of minimizing the amount of wind that was yeah, going right. in mind and kind of optimizing for the winter. It is, it does get a little cold, but it, it's not, it's really not terrible. Okay. And then yeah. you did spray foam underneath too. So yeah. Yeah, that helps. Oh, yeah, our okay. Floors, our floors so you did like the insulated. whole thing underneath, or did you do the edge? We the built so <clears throat> when you at least for where, where we bought a yurt, and I believe this is similar from everywhere else. It kind of comes in a kit, and they send you. You get your your lattice work, your your beams for the roof, and then all the skirting and everything, all the outside pieces of tarp and 
than the the dome for the roof. But you really you have to build your platform for your yurt to sit on. So when we built when we built ours, we put a bunch of insulation under there. And we did a couple of different things. We used the double bubble that like kind of reflective stuff. If you've seen that. Oh, yep, yep. We, so we have a layer of that and then a layer of hard board foam. And, spray and then that's, the that is sprayed in to keep yeah. it in. So our floor actually does fairly well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet. It's probably better than my floor, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, do you have like a, I don't know. How do you guys take like a bath or a shower? So... That's the one area that we are kind of, we're kind of cheating a little bit. Yes. So in the summertime, <laughs> we just take cold showers or we do have right. a small little outdoor propane um, water, heater. water heater so we can take okay. hot showers. But in the winter, we kind of cheat and uh, we go to our parents' laws. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. They're I just very close to us. So we'll just do hot showers. Yeah. We have done some. Cold we're only showers. about a mile from from them. So they're nice enough. Okay. To us to that use is nice. Shower. Yeah. But but we're in just, the summer, yeah. the cold showers are great. Yeah, yeah, we both, yeah, fine with that. And I, th- that is something we're working on, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah didn't quite make it this year. No. <laughs> right. So how does the, I forgot to ask this, how does like cooking work in the kitchen? Do you have like a wood stove that you cook on? Do you have propane? How does that, like the kitchen area kind of work? Yeah, um, we, we do cook on propane. We've, okay. so the funny thing is wood, everybody says this, uh, you should, oh, you should get one of those wood cook stoves and, uh, they are great to cook on, but the yurt is so small. Our wood stove is actually, so it's 314 square feet is like the total square footage of our yurt. By the time you get a wood stove kind of like hot enough to cook on, you're like opening windows. Yeah. You're running out. Yep. It totally burns you out. (laughs) They do. They do that. Yeah. So we've stuck with propane and it's, it's a, for us anyway, it's been a lot more convenient. Um, when you want to cook, you just light it and you're, you're good to go versus having to start a fire and get it up to cooking temperature. And that's cool. Yeah. It's a lot more regulated heat for cooking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we didn't talk about the fact that you guys, um, you guys had an addition this summer. Yes. With a little, a little extra person to take care of in your gear. Our little man. Yeah. 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 So. Which is what, funny because people keep, that's our, our other main question that everyone asks us. So now that you have a baby, are you, are you going to get a normal house? Like you're going to get a mortgage. You're going to get a normal house now that you have a baby. Like, nope. <laughs> that's the whole right. thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we had planned to do a home birth and we were, mm-hmm. we were very much up in the air as to where we were going to do it. If we were going to do it at your parents' house mm-hmm. or if we were going to do it at the Europe and we did end up doing it at the Europe. We, well, we tried to do the year, but it was actually wonderful because so he was due in August. So then all summer we kind of had to, it pushed us well, mostly Joe because I was too big, <laughs> too big to do anything. Um, but it pushed Joe to get all this stuff done. So like, I have to get the outhouse done. We had to get, finish the porch. We had to get the the tub for the water birth. We had to do all these things. So it really made us like knock out all of our stuff this summer. So we really didn't have any excuses to not, to get, you know, to, you know, to procrastinate on all these things for the year. So that was really wonderful, but yeah. So what was, what was your thinking going into, uh, having a, <clears throat> having a home birth? Yeah. I was excited to do it at the year. Cause like, what a great story. And even like, you know, his dad, yeah. was, that'd be great. And we, Joe took a bunch of video and was going to make a little video about it and everything. And so, yeah. So I went into labor and I started 
um, in the tub birth. Cause I wanted to have a tub or water birth. We're both, we're called water babies. Like we free dive. We love the water. So everywhere we go, especially in the van, we've always been attracted to water. So I'm like, I definitely want that to be, that's a big part of our life. Um, and I started in the water and three days later, nothing. So we oh my word, that. three days. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So of two minutes apart, correct contractions the whole time. So, um, yeah, so we ended up in the hospital and it didn't go how we wanted it to, but the whole labor was at the yurt and it was a great experience, you know, yeah. at the yurt, but yeah, we did end up in the hospital, but we tried. Okay. So, right. Uh, he was, the labor was all in the yurt and you know, that's just right. One of our greatest adventures. Yes. Yeah. What, yes. A, what a time. Right. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So it would but have been he great. is, he's yeah. like four months old now. Yes. And you guys are still living in the year and, um, and that's working out great for you. Yeah. He honestly does a lot better in the year. Like, you know, how babies can get a little bit overstimulated. We'll go to right. you know, other places and he'll just look around like, Oh my God, there's so much space, but we'll get home. And he's just so super happy and super content. You know, it's his little space. Mm-hmm. So that's it has cool. made us, um, be a lot more vigilant with the temperature keeping like we don't, we wake up a lot or I wake up and do the fire, you know, <laughs> right. so yeah. there, you know, before we would be a little lazy, like, Oh, we'll let it go out. We'll wake up and it's 40 degrees and that's fine. Um, but now <laughs> that we have him, we're like, we need to keep the fire going. Mm-hmm. So right. Um, and he, I will say that was the, when we having him has made us wish that we went with the larger size here a little bit. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Not that it's cramped, but it would be nice to just have a, a bit more space. Um, but we do make it work just fine. And it's just nice and cozy. Yeah. And honestly, he makes, he makes the yurt better. Yeah. He does. <laughs> yeah. He's really sweet. It is a blast having a little guy around. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can tell that you guys are really enjoying parenthood. So it's yeah. fun to watch. Well, I don't even know what we did before. I don't know. And he's so happy. <laughs> we just sit around and watch him giggle all day. It's just <laughs> <It's really laughs> yeah, so just what are you, what are your plans? Um, uh, um, do you have plans for the future? What are your plans for the future with all of this? Or don't you know, just kind of flying by the seat of your pants? Yeah. Uh, a little bit of both. Yeah. So we still really enjoy travel. So we do still have the van, um, which has actually been the most indispensable piece of homestead equipment for hauling things. So we got like our little car. <laughs> but then if we need to go pick stuff up, we I we have hauled so much stuff in that van. Yep. Um, yeah, we have hauled a lot of stuff in that van. But we still have it. So we actually have plans and, you know, keeping in line with we have done very thoughtfully or pretty thoughtfully, I I would say, done a lot of lifestyle design around what we kind of want our life to look at, look like. I think that's a big reason why we, you know, did the van and now are continuing with the yurt. Uh, It allows us to do things that you wouldn't normally be able to do if we were kind of locked into nine to five and mortgage, mortgage right. stuff like that, the normal things. Yeah. You guys um, have been really intentional about, um, I know that you say you're flying by the seat of your pants, but yet at the same time from the outside looking in, it feels like you guys have been really intentional about where you invest your finances and your time mm-hmm. into. So it's been really cool to watch. So what do you guys, um, I know that you have, I know what you do, but what do you guys do for jobs that <laughs> enables you to like have this nomadic slash your living? Yeah. Um, yeah. Why don't you start with you? Okay. <laughs> um, so 
this was, it was really wonderful for my business. Honestly, COVID worked out really well for my business. Um, but since I was 17, so I was homeschooled, obviously. So, um, I was able to, my parents were wonderful with the, you can go to college if you want to go to college, but, um, for my senior year, I got to do whatever I wanted to, as far as my career. And I knew since I was 15 that I wanted to be a naturopath. Okay. So do holistic healing and alternative medicine. So I was in school since I was, um, probably, I think I ended up at 16. I started my online studies for, to be a naturopath. Um, so that's pretty much preventative medicine. So starting with herbs, tinctures, um, nutrients to keep you healthy. So you don't end up in the hospital. Um, you don't you end up with serious conditions later on. Um, and so even through when we were living in Cleveland, I was still in school, but didn't really know how I was going to work out, especially when we were going to live in a van and how am I going to have my business, like my office and all these things. And I started with a program, um, called it's called body code and it's, um, energetic medicine. So it's really changed our lives for the better, but I can do it remotely. So I can do it over the phone, over text, over zoom. Um, so I was, I was like, Hmm, how am I going to do this? This is so interesting. And then COVID hit and everybody was doing everything over the phone and text and no one can leave their houses. And I was like, this works out actually great. Um, so I started building my client base, um, during COVID and most of my clients are in, um, the South. So they're in North Carolina, South Carolina and Georgia. So I haven't even met half of them. Um, so I meet with them. Um, yeah, weekly, daily, sometimes, and just talk about their health. And we work through, um, nutrition style and eating. Um, but mainly this energetic medicine, which is targeting, um, specific areas of your body. So each area of your body has the ability to have emotions trapped and negative energies, toxins, pathogens, um, and people can be put on supplements and herbs for the rest of their life, trying to fix these things, or we can test the specific body and work on them specifically to clear off and get rid of all these negative emotions and everything that's trapped there. So not only has it been great for us just as people (laughs) to learn what I've done, but it, it's great. Cause then we were going to, when we first got in the van, we had, you know, well, here's our money and our savings. This is what we're going to use. And when we run out, I guess we'll figure out what's next. And I don't think we even end up really touching that. Mm -mm. So, cause I was able to work. That's that's great. Yeah. It was like a real blessing because it was like, well, everyone, you know, I get some texts from my friends in Cleveland. Have you run out of money yet? Like, were you guys done? Like, have you run out of money? I was like, no, we're actually, it's been great. We haven't yeah. run out and yeah. Um, so, yeah. so are you, um, so is that like a certification program, a degreed program? How does, is that something that you can, that you have to do continuing ed for? How does all of that work with your so the first school that I have, I got accredited through is um, Trinity Institute of Natural Health. Um, okay. And that's, yeah, they give you all different kinds of certifications. So I'm a certified herbal consultant, a certified natural um, health professional. And then the company body code that I use right now, they do certifications online too. So I'm certified in it to work that's through awesome. it, emotion code. And um, yeah, and you just, I learned it and have the certifications. And now I just, I'm able to help people all throughout the world, which is really mm-hmm really amazing. That's um, really cool. Yeah. And so it, it, um, you're not required to change those certifications by each state. It's just overall. Nope. Yeah. It's cool. just, cool. it's just all up to me. It's pretty fluid. And that's the wonderful thing so far that if they're trying to change about natural medicine. They're trying to, you know, to become a licensed naturopath. Now you have to go through an accredited school, but a long time ago, you didn't have to, 
And right. um, now through the certifications that I have, you just have to have the certification. And if you know what you're doing and you have good results, then it works. So well, that yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. That's cool. And then Joe, you have your own thing that you're doing. Yeah. So uh, I run a media production company. So we do like a lot of videos and photos. Um, and that really started when we like our first week in the van, we were like, oh, we need to document everything. We got to start a vlog. That's what all the cool kids are doing. So <laughs> have a van page. Yeah, we yeah. got to have a van page and do all this stuff. And uh, so bought this like little uh, rinky dink camera yeah. and got my first lens and just started messing around and taking photos and stuff. And uh, was really bad at first <laughs> and just slowly started getting better and better at it. And then when we moved back and I started looking at like, oh, what, what do I want to do? I had done a couple of videos for a few companies and I was like, I, I think I just want to do this. And yeah. that was, and that is, I think maybe the, the thing that we've done the best is leverage our lifestyle to make that work. So because we live in the yurt, our monthly overhead is like almost zero because we just bought everything outright. Yeah, so we really have right. no monthly bills, which has allowed me to really push and invest. put the invest in my equipment and continuing to get better. So this year, shot something like 30 weddings. Um, I've done wow. a bunch of real estate up here in Northern Michigan. And um, yeah. Yeah, we have really gone to the next level. It's actually been surprising how successful <laughs> <That's> <laughs> this cool. year has been. So yeah, video production and photography. It's a great testament to when you push into your hobbies and your passion, you know, when you do what you really, really want to do, mm -hmm. it just, it just blossoms. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. really does. Yeah. Rather than when you were in Cleveland welding, working a nine to five, yeah. just miserable, hating your life, waiting for the weekend. And working so much less hard than I am now. Yeah. We used to work so hard and we made, so hard and hate we made no money and put it all into the house and we're so yep. miserable. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And now working like much longer hours, much more days, but it's so it's, um, I still can't really believe I get paid to do this. Yeah. Like every yeah. time we're off doing something and I'm like, wow. I can't believe somebody's paying me to do this. This is so great. I'm so excited to be here. Um, that's that's yeah. so cool. Paid to do your hobby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it keeps it fresh and exciting where like, I don't know, burnout hasn't been a, really a thing yet. Yeah. It's, it's just so exciting. <laughs> right. So what, um, so your plans for the future, obviously both of you to expand your businesses mm -hmm. you have, and then you've already said that you wanted to add to your, um, is it a sheep herd? Or sheep herd. Is it a herd of sheep? We call them the lamingtons. <laughs> there it's you our go. Family group of lambs. <laughs> Which, yes, they yeah. have until probably next weekend. And then yeah. we get to put them in the freezer, unfortunately. But ah, in fortune, okay. we'll see. That's part of homesteading. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, what are your plans to travel more for a little bit? Why they go in the freezer? Um, expand into other animals? How does that Damn work? You you hit it. Yeah. We, uh, so yeah, we, like we said, we still have the van and we're setting everything up to be able to take a month or two off. Like, especially in the winter, everything, you know, it's Northern Michigan, oh, yeah. everything just yep. slows down unless you're in a snow sport. And even that anymore is a little hit or miss. Right. So, um, 
yeah, we still, and I don't know how much it'll happen this year, but next year we plan on taking a month or two and continuing traveling. Cool. And uh, we just got the van outfitted with a third seat for little Ronan. So he can, yeah. uh, he can yeah. come with us, which is pretty exciting to be able to do that with him. Uh, but yeah, just continuing with, I guess, doing, doing things, we doing as much of what we love to do and as little of what we really detest doing right. <laughs> and being able to take these long breaks, I think is maybe the best part about being an entrepreneur and really being intentional is being able to really do what you want to do with your time. And sometimes like this summer, both of us, what we were, we were working 12 for 14 hours a day. Maybe not you so much. You were, well, actually you work in 24 hours a day because you were making a baby <laughs> and working almost full time yeah. and uh, working really hard, but then being able to hit that release valve and taking a month or two off um, yeah. kind of the, yeah. Our ideal lifestyle. But I like how you say the uh, lifestyle design because it's been purposeful mm-hmm. and um, it is like um, it is a lifestyle design that you guys have created. You have designed the life that you want to live. And that's really, really cool. And the, the unsexy part of that is it took, it took so much time. I mean, from I, from the time that we were like, we don't like this, we want to do this. It was a year and we had to just be, okay with it not really being what we wanted to do it was like a a moment of passion where we were like hey let's do this but then it does take a lot of work and planning and time Mm -hmm. to be able to put that into action but when when we've come out on the other side of it and yeah like we're we're only 25 but or 26 yeah i was just gonna say it's taken us 30 years so you know (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that's what happens when you ignore what you really want to do and you get caught up in the 30 year mortgage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, eventually, yeah, eventually you come around and, um, but yeah, it does, it takes time. And whether that's 30 years or, or two years or, you know, whatever you're locked into, there's always a way to get around it or go over it. And yeah, sometimes it's not necessarily fun. You might have to not do something that you really want to do, but at the end of that, um, it's very rewarding. Yeah. So if you were young, sorry to put you on the spot here, but if you were young, which you are young, but I mean, younger, (laughs) you know, uh, that advice that you would give to like, I mean, obviously you guys both have cool parents. I, I like both your parents, of course, but, um, if you were give people that are like 16 and older, that advice to create and design that life, um, how would you start that like what would you tell them to do Mm -hmm. kind of like what your parents encouraged with you guys you want to go first Hmm. i would just say start investing in yourself start figuring out you know start supporting yourself um and start figuring out what you really want to do i have like a lot of family that they're just go to college because they have no idea what they want to do with their life and then they get stuck in this endless trap of debt and you know because they don't even really know what they want to do so start investing in yourself as soon as you can of reading books and learning and um yeah finding your passion the sooner you can find your passion and what you know drives you to go drives you to live um the better because then everything will just fall into place and i feel like a lot of especially if you're saying like 16 to our age, kids our age and younger, they're just forced to have to go make money, make as much money as possible. Go get a house. You need to 
yeah, plow your fields. You need to do all these things and right. they miss what they really want to do with their lives. Mm-hmm. And then it just starts a cycle of, you know, negativity. And that's, you know, they just get yeah. more and more stuck into some place they don't want to go. So invest in yourself, figure out what you want to do before you jump into something. And, but then when you figure out, you know, jump into things and learn what you want to do. You know? Yeah. That's what I would that's say. Like, yeah. I do think you can, you know, if you do go to medical school and i at least in our group, the people that I know, um, if you do go too far down that road, you are kind of stuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, if you go to medical school and you come out with $500,000 worth of debt, yeah. you are locked into that. And, you know, if you want to, you better, become if you want to, <laughs> if you want to quit that and go do something else, it better really pan out because, uh, <laughs> that's a yeah. lot to pay off. So when, I would, I would just say, try to, you might not know exactly what you want to do and that's totally fine. Especially like at 18, we didn't know what we wanted to do. So we picked something that was like pretty easily attainable. Um, but then also didn't have like really, really long-term ramifications, like going to welding school, we were able to pay that off as I was in welding school. Mm -hmm. So we came out with zero debt and that really aided us because we, we weren't really tied to anything too, too much. Um, so I would say, don't be afraid to like go to school and do some of those things, but just look at like, what's the realistic timeline where I'm going to be debt-free because being going into debt is such a scary thing Mm -hmm. because it really does lock you into that. And I would say if you could stay out of debt, do that. Even if it's not something that you're like, wow, I'm so passionate about becoming, you know, a welder, for instance. Um, but I could see myself doing that for two years and be okay with looking at things in a smaller time frame versus because if you look at something where you're like, can I do this for 30 years? You're like, I don't really even know. I haven't even done it yet. Pick something small in that industry or in that particular avenue that you can kind of get your foot in the door. But then if it's not your thing, you can pull out. Right. And I think that leaves you open to kind of finding the opportunity that fits with your passion, your skills by not locking yourself in so wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. you can kind of flirt with different things and then find what you're truly passionate about. Yeah. Or at least go for something, especially if homesteading is something that you eventually want to do, go and learn how to do something that would aid you in homesteading later. Mm-hmm. And then once you start learning, you know, your, your brain and your body will figure out what you really want to do. But like welding, you know, like yeah. Joe doesn't want to weld anymore, but Hey, if the tractor needed welding, you could weld it. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those skills, yeah. those, those life skills are definitely really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, cool. Absolutely. <laughs> I have enjoyed watching you guys um, grow and mature and build your life and I just really appreciate you guys for taking the time to come on today and sharing your story. Um, I can't wait to see more of it and um, we'll have all of your information in the show notes and people will be able to go follow um, your businesses and, and get a hold of you if they wanted to for anything. Um, is there anything you want to add before I close? Yeah, I don't think so. If you're looking for uh Faye online, she's uh, Northwood Nat- natural solutions. Yep. And my business is called uh, Nomadic Media Co. Yeah, so, that's yeah. And if you have any questions, uh, yeah, definitely check the show notes out. We are on Instagram and Facebook. We're not incredibly active, but we do throw stuff up there pretty 
somewhat regularly. regularly. Yeah. So yeah, definitely come by and say hi. And if anybody has questions about what we're doing, we're definitely available and yes. willing to answer them. Yes. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you guys so much. And um, you guys are like the perfect example of what I always say when I end the podcast is homesteading is kind of a state of mind. It doesn't necessarily need to be done in the country. Some people do it suburban like I do. And I always just tell people to grow where they're planted. And mm-hmm. you guys have done exactly that. Looking around, I find the sea. I think I need a change. The rat race, I want to flee. My world, I'll rearrange. I'm getting back to the roots of how it's meant to be. Growing gardens, picking fruit, racing livestock, living free. It's a modern homestead. Build a modern homestead. A lot of folks don't understand why I wanna live this way. They've never eaten from their land like we do here. Like Grandma did, sitting on her front porch, hunting and fishing like a kid. Once you've done all of your chores.